Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. Good morning, Graceland Church. It's good to have part of our family here, Nick and Jackie Gonzalez. We love you guys. Thank you for worshiping with us. Thank you, entire worship team. Beautiful job. I want to emphasize again, I hope you'll bring someone with you next Sunday for Easter Sunday. Yesterday, I was here with my nine-year-old daughter, and she was helping me put these on every chair, and I was teaching her. When we put them on the chair, we pray for whoever's going to be sitting there in each service, and we pray for whoever they are inviting into the family of God. So you've been prayed for uh, by me, but more importantly by my nine-year-old. Those, those kid prayers are powerful, and uh, so have the people that are in your life that you're thinking about inviting have been prayed for uh, by Kenzie this week. I want to encourage you to, uh, if possible, you can see the room uh, is pretty full today, and first service was, was, is filling up too. So as much as possible, um, park far away, meaning not in the lot. If you can, park out on the grass on the driveway. Helps to show good hospita- hospitality. And as, as much as possible, sit close. So park far and sit close, because that way when people come in, even if the room's completely full, uh, the empty seats that we do have will be in the back. So thank you guys for partnering with us on that. It is Palm Sunday today. We're celebrating and we're sharing the vision for Graceland Espanol. The title today, and actually before I share the title, what it's going to look like is I'm just going to share a very brief Palm Sunday message uh, that's really burning in my heart. Then we have two exciting announcements about our staff roles. And then Oscar Barajas is going to share the vision for Graceland Espanol. Then we're going to pray and uh, close out. The title of this message is Get Your Hopes Up. Last night, we had a family movie night in the Kolar home. And for whatever reason, when we were all in the kitchen getting snacks, I had the vision of taking the little water sprayer on the sink, aiming it at my 12-year-old and my 9-year-old and spraying them. So I just did it. They screamed and ran out of the kitchen. And I proceeded to then block the kitchen so they could not get back in to spray me. I was knocking hands out of the way. But of course, there are other sources of water in the home. So they went and found other sources. They snuck by me, got back in the kitchen, and an all-out water war broke loose. Then I immediately was like, no, no water wars allowed in this house, guys. So basically, after I did it, I said, no, you're not allowed to spray me back. We are not allowed to have water wars in the Kolar home. And my wife was standing there the whole time, Jessica, and she looked at me with a confused slash disappointed look on her face, as if to say, what did you expect was going to happen? And have you ever noticed that sometimes your expectations can be misinformed? For some reason, I thought if I sprayed water on my kids, it probably would not start a water war in my home. And I was wrong. My expectation was misinformed. And this is a very silly example, but sometimes we actually live with misinformed expectations that end up really hurting us. And there's a powerful lesson in Palm Sunday and the triumphal entry that helps us understand this. And some ways that this manifests in our life is maybe that new job that we thought was going to be the perfect job that would fulfill me in every way. Or maybe if I could just marry that person, it will solve all my problems and I'll be happy forever. Can all the married people say, not true? If I follow Jesus, I won't face any more challenges. If I move to Nashville... And everyone can see my talent. All the doors will open and I'll be set for life. I've passed, (laughs) anybody tried? I've pastored for years in Los Angeles and Nashville. And both of these cities are the land of great dreams and great disappointments. 
And sometimes life can feel like great dreams and great disappointments because we put unrealistic expectations on ourselves and misinformed expectations on God. And that can be really dangerous. So the text we're going to read is known as the triumphal entry. It's Jesus coming into the main city, Jerusalem, and the people begin to worship him and lay down palm branches. And it's what we're celebrating today, Palm Sunday, and it begins Holy Week. Let's start reading in John 12. We're going to go verses 12 through 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead, continued to spread word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. So just to help us understand what's happening, we have the Pharisees who were the religious and spiritual and political leaders of the day. They were feeling threatened by Jesus, so they were already trying to attack him and confront him. But Jesus had done a miracle. He raised Lazarus from the dead, and people were hearing about what was happening. So they were going out to see Jesus, and the Pharisees at this point couldn't see a way to persecute him anymore. And this is when Jesus has the triumphal entry, which was prophesied about hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, coming into Jerusalem. And right before this account, in one of the other gospels, the gospel of Luke, we see an important detail about what was actually going on in people's hearts. Luke 19, 11. The people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So there were people that had been longing for the appearing of the Messiah. And so now they're thinking, this may be the Messiah. So they're thinking, all the promises of God are about to be fulfilled and come true right before our eyes. And what that meant for them was Jesus was going to be the conquering hero, not just spiritually, but politically and religiously, and overthrow Rome and become the literal king. So they were praising him with a misinformed expectation. Look at this quote. The praise the people lavished on Jesus was not because they recognized him as their Messiah. They welcomed him out of their desire for a deliverer, someone who would lead them in a revolt against Rome. There were many who, though they did not believe in Christ with a spiritual faith, nevertheless hoped that perhaps he might be to them a great temporal deliverer. These are the ones who hailed him as king with their many hosannas, recognizing him as the son of David who came in the name of the Lord. But when he failed in their expectations, when he refused to lead them in a massive revolt against the Roman occupiers and those who collaborated with them, the crowds quickly turned on him. Within just a few days, their hosannas would change to cries of crucify him. Those who hailed him as a hero would soon reject and abandon him. Now, this is not to paint them in like some awful light. This is just human nature. It also doesn't totally like invalidate that praise. We're often just crying out to God for a savior based on our limited understanding of what's going on. Are you tracking with me? But what can be really dangerous is if we persist with a misinformed expectation long-term in our life, it leads to a lot of frustration. 
and even disillusionment and even quitting the faith. I'm out of here. Because when you have an expectation here, but then the reality is consistently here, all this space in between is called frustration. And there are lots of followers of Jesus that have held to these misinformed kind of human nature expectations that live in constant frustration because their expectations are not met. And part of what they're doing is they're looking for the solution in the natural, meaning the physical world. Jesus is going to overthrow the occupiers rather than understanding he's doing something in the spiritual. And number one in your notes is do not expect in the natural what can only be accomplished in the spiritual. This applies to us all the time. We have an expectation of God in our life in the natural. We want to see a solution to this problem. But oftentimes when we really pray about it or when we try to solve it ourselves, it doesn't happen the way we'd like it to. And when we really get honest before the Lord, he starts showing us he's doing something spiritual in us in the midst of that natural situation that maybe isn't going how we'd like it to go. Anybody relate? I heard someone say, this will be your best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. It can be your best year this year, even if nothing in the natural that you hope happens this year happens, but it can still be your best year spiritually. I find myself often in life, the longer you go in life, the more there is in your life that you can't control. Anybody? When you're 15, life is challenging and there's real stuff going on and it's difficult and you're praying, but there's a very limited scope of what you see your life as. And as you grow and as you take on responsibility and as you care for others and as you serve people and as things get greater and greater and stakes get higher and higher, every single day is filled with situations in the natural that we cannot control. And I find myself often saying, God, I wish this solution would work out in the natural, but Spirit of God, I welcome you here. Let there be a solution in the spiritual. And you know what he usually does? He starts dealing with my heart. (laughs) He starts dealing with what's going on in me, and then I can bring the healthy version of myself to the situation in the natural. And I love this second principle. God is doing something deeper and more wonderful than you or I can imagine, but it may not fit your expectations. Think about these people on Palm Sunday. Their expectation was deeply unmet when Jesus allowed himself to be arrested, allowed himself to go to a cross. When the crowds rose up against Jesus and they found themselves incredibly outnumbered, even Peter himself, Denied even knowing Jesus. Stakes got high really fast. So they were, to put it lightly, frustrated with unmet expectations. Yet, God was doing the deepest and most powerful and beautiful spiritual work in all of time and space. The redemption of mankind. It's amazing to realize that God is doing things deeper than we understand. And then practically, there's a difference, number three, between expectations and expectancy. Expectations are when you have very specific things in mind that you almost feel entitled to from the Lord. Things that you think God should do for you. And that's a pretty dangerous way to live. By way of a very silly illustration, imagine a new Christian got in their mind that, hey, if I follow Jesus like this faithfully for these many years and I live a holy life, he is gonna give me a Ferrari. Silly example, but just bear with me. And imagine the entire time they're serving the Lord. When God calls them to sacrifice something, when they forgive people that have hurt them, anytime they trust the way of Jesus and the leading of the spirit in their life, imagine every time they're subconsciously thinking, my Ferrari is coming. 
Think about how much of a letdown they're up in for. And we're all laughing at it because it sounds absurd, but this is what we do subconsciously. We have specific things in mind that we're like, hey, I know if I serve you faithfully this long, you're gonna do this thing for me. The difference between expectations and expectancy is that expectancy is when you simply believe that God is good, you simply believe that God is great, all-powerful, and you believe that he will lead you in the way everlasting and sometimes in ways that are beyond your understanding. You believe there is an ultimate good end, but you trust that everything you go through, even what the enemy intends for evil, he can turn for good. He has power and grace for every situation, and he will guide you and direct your steps. And if he got you here, he can get you there. If he brought you this far, he can lead you home. That is living with expectancy. And when I say get your hopes up, I'm talking about expectancy. And really practically, number four, I would encourage you, lay down your expectations but get your hopes up with expectancy. Because these people, as they welcome Jesus during the triumphal entry, it would have been helpful for them if they could have learned the truth that Jesus is not gonna be the conquering hero physically right now. That would have been helpful for them. They could have laid down that expectation, but at the same time, they could have got their hopes on fire for what God is actually doing, even though they didn't fully understand it. So I believe we are called to live with our hopes high through the roof but we don't know what all that's gonna look like. But we trust him. He is God, we are not. Two promises in scripture. Jeremiah 33, three says, call to me and I will answer you. This is God speaking. And will tell you great and hidden things that what? You have not known. I think this is a great prayer and promise to hold to when it comes to expectations versus expectancy. Because you can live with high faith, high hopes, but a humble posture that says, Lord, I believe as I call to you, you're actually gonna reveal things to me that I'm unaware of right now. You're actually gonna change things in my mind as I call to you, as I seek you, as I follow you. At the end of the day, the word repentance means to change your mind. And as Christians, we're not just called to repent once, we're invited into a lifestyle of repentance. So part of getting our hopes up is saying, my hopes are high that you're either gonna Change things in the natural or you're gonna change my mind and cause me to be at peace and flourish when things aren't changed in the natural. Anybody tracking with me? And when you live like this, you become almost invincible even in the midst of the hardest things in life. What can touch you, beloved of God? What can drag you away from his purpose and his plan? What can tear your thoughts down? Nothing. Get your hopes up with expectancy. And then I love this promise from Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I think this is a beautiful way to frame expectations versus expectancy. Let's find rest as we lay down our expectations and we raise up our expectancy, our faith in God. He is bigger, we are smaller. That's a good way to feel. He is bigger, all the problems in the natural are smaller. One of the promises that I hold to from years ago when I first became a senior pastor. I sought God, what do you promise about your church? And there were three things that stuck out. One of them was that the Holy Spirit of God raises up the leaders for his church. And how that practically works out in me is I don't have specific expectations regarding when, who, and how 
God will raise up the leaders for his church, but I have great expectancy that he will do it. That should have got an amen. <laughs> and I have two really exciting announcements. You guys know Heather Houle, one of our staff members, if you could raise your hand. Heather, up until this point, has been serving as one of our recover, recovery ministers. She'll continue to do that. Uh, part of our admin, behind-the-scenes work, she'll continue to do that. Um, she's the founder of Mom Life, and she's still a part of that team as Sherry and others lead it. Um, but today, uh, our board is behind this. Our leaders are behind this. Um, we've been praying and talking about it for months, and we're excited to announce it and officially put it into motion Mostly so she, she can start this now. So expect more down the road where we make a big deal about this and celebrate this. But we are praying over her and making public that she's our adult ministries pastor here at Graceland Church. Isn't that exciting? What that means, it means a couple things. She is still in the process of finishing her pastoral credentials with the Assemblies of God. That's who I hold my ordination with, and we have affiliation there. And it serves as a great external accountability for us. She's already started that classwork. She's moving forward there. But equally as important as that is the local affirmation of a church body of the pastoral call on someone's life, right? And we all felt like here, we know that process is in place, and we feel like it's critical for us to allow her to be released in that role now, so we want to pray over and affirm her in this pastoral role now. You guys tracking with me on that? It's exciting. And then Oscar Barajas, who you also know, he was up here a minute ago. You know that he's our Espanol pastor, but starting this summer, we're happy to announce he's also going to be our youth pastor at Graceland Church. What that also means about this summer is that our youth ministry will be getting into its uh, weekly rhythm as it grows and expands. It has a wonderful team that's been serving there. They'll continue to serve, but Oscar will step in as the pastor. And let me invite both of you guys to come forward. These are two that I believe with all my heart, and so do all of our leaders here at Graceland Church, that the Spirit of God has raised up uh, to be here and to serve among us. And um, I couldn't be more uh, thrilled about it. Pastor Rob Rates, could you come up with me? Um, and maybe our, if a couple of the board members are in the house, maybe one or two of you guys could come up. Abby, can you come up and pray with me? And I don't, I don't Jim, you can come up. Um, let's just gather around them up here. And church family, let's stand together. Jim's one of our board members. Abby's one of our board members. Uh, when I was sharing with our board and our team and people behind the scenes about the possibility of these roles, um, people were answering uh, what I was about to say before I even said it. That's how much it's clear to everyone that this is the direction. Oscar already holds his ordination uh, with the Assemblies of God and has experience as a youth pastor. And um, it's beautiful because he served with our kids' ministry too. And so the kids, as they come into youth, they are going to know Oscar already. And we're just very excited for everything all around. There's a bunch of details that we'll get to share later, uh, but let's pray together. Father, we thank you uh, for Heather Hule. And we thank you for how you have called her and Stephen and their incredible three children to be a part of the, part of the Graceland Church family. I, I remember the first day they walked through the doors um, thinking they were just visiting for one Sunday. Um, and then they never left. They got arrested by you, God. We thank you. We thank you for arresting their hearts to be here. And uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. Thank you for knitting their hearts. That's a better way to say it. Knitting their hearts to be with us and how you've raised her up. Um, as a pastor at Graceland Church, and as she's going to oversee our community group leaders and provide support there, as she's going to provide support uh, for our team leaders, all these various adult ministries, and we're so thankful that you're going to use her gifts 
um, in those areas to help them flourish and grow and handle uh, the growth that you're bringing here to Graceland. And we thank you for Oscar Brajas. We're so grateful. We're going to hear some of the story today about how you led him here. And we're so thankful for Graceland Espanol and everything you're doing. We're also so thankful for Graceland Youth. Which, which didn't even exist just a couple years ago, but has now become a flourishing group of young people that are growing in relationship. We thank you for the team that has served our youth, that Oscar's been a part of. We pray that team will grow, and we pray for Oscar and Heather that you'll anoint them for this assignment, God, that your grace will be upon them, and we give you thanks in advance for all you will do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We love you guys. Give them a hand, everybody. You can take a seat. Thank you, Abby. That was, uh, that was, it's only Nick's iPad. It's okay. Sometimes the stirring of the spirit leads to things falling. Pastor Rob got too excited. Um, Oscar, do you have your stuff up here already? Let's welcome Oscar. What we're going to go into now is the vision for Graceland Espanol. Here we go. Thank you so much, Pastor. Um, it's so awesome to be part of a church that just affirms your calling. And I love being part of Graceland. Super forever grateful for what God is doing in Graceland and that I get to have a small part of it. Um, I get the opportunity to sh uh, share with you today the vision behind Graceland Espanol. I am super excited to share with you today what this is all about. It's been stirring up in our hearts. We've been mentioning it here and, and there. But today I've told my team, uh, a, a few of them are here today, that um, to, this is the launch for our, our launch team. That today our launch team is launching and we're moving forward and there's no looking back. Okay, So I told them, are you sure? Are you guys ready for this? And they're like, yes. So we're moving forward and today uh, we get to share that with you today. But in order to grasp the entire vision of Graceland Espanol, we have to go back a couple years to the year of 2019. If you don't know me, I am uh, originally born and raised in Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona, um, and in 2019, I moved to the Nashville area, not for any musical talent or anything like that. I wish, but no. Uh, I didn't even know Nashville was Music City until I arrived here, to be honest with you. Uh, so I arrived uh, because I got, uh, God called me to accept a job doing mission trips with middle school and high school students. But the, in the year 2020, as we all know, we had a pandemic, and I unfortunately lost that job, um, and I started a different job that I didn't like. Uh, I was really frustrated, but I still uh, didn't have, like, a green light to move back to Arizona, which I easily could have, but I didn't. Um, in, the August, in August of 2020, I do remember going to visit my parents, um, and I remember I was there for probably a little bit over a week, and I remember praying to God super like frustrated and, and super uh, um and ask him god i'm ready to come back to phoenix i want to come back i will go back tomorrow to nashville pack my bags and come back to phoenix like i need i just need your green light please give me a green light to come back i'm ready i know where i'm going to serve i'll serve at my home church i have a lot of friends here and not only at my home church but i'll be able to serve in different areas um here in phoenix i know like i got it i know i know what i'm going to do so please give me the green light he didn't speak to me my entire trip he was silent until literally i was on the airplane back um and I usually like to sleep until the plane lands, you know, until I get that jerk of like, okay, we're here. Um, but this time I, I was up um, 
And as we were literally flying into Nashville and I could see the city, I heard God tell me in a clear and loud voice, and his answer was, stop asking me when you're going to move back to Phoenix, and I want you to plant roots here. And I was like, okay. I, I just said yes. I'm like, okay, God, if that's what you want, that's what I'm going to do. So I decided that I would no longer pray when I was going to move back to Phoenix, and I was going to start planting roots here. And that's what I did. I started getting a little bit involved in, in church, starting serving in youth and kids ministry. However, I still was living this frustrated life uh, because I believe my expectations were a little bit different than uh, what I was expecting God to do, were different than what he wanted to. I was super frustrated in this season. Uh, in this season of frustration, I applied to a missionary position in El Salvador uh, because I'm like, I, I got to start serving at a higher capacity like God, like I just need you. And I kind of laid a game plan out for God and I told him, this is what I can do in these places. You can send me to El Salvador. You can send me. I didn't pray to move back to Phoenix. I kind of presented it to as a game plan. I'm like, look, God, I can plant a church in Phoenix. Like, I'm not asking you if I can move back. I'm just letting you know, like, you know, laid out a game plan for God of the different options that God had for my life, you know, and that he had to open up the door for one of them. You know, I'm, that was my prayer. Really frustrated. I was like, God, you need to open up the door of one of these. Um, I, I actually never told Pastor I applied for uh, a missionary position in El Salvador. He actually met the missionary last month uh, at an event we were together. And the way it was, he met him. It's like, oh, yeah, I love Oscar. We actually wanted to get him back to serve in El Salvador. I'm like, Pastor, sorry, I hadn't told you. I actually applied. So that's how he found out. So it was like me doing this thing. I was ready to move to El Salvador and all these things. And one time I remember I now lived in Spring Hill. Um, and I remember so clearly as I was praying this prayer of frustration and kind of giving my expectations to God, I heard him with a fatherly, loud voice tell me, kind of stop me in the middle of my prayer. And he said, Oscar, do you say you have a heart for Latin American people because you want to travel to Latin America or because you truly have a heart for Latin American people? And my heart broke, and I'm like, God, like, I, I don't want to travel. Like, it's just, it's just an option, you know? Um, but I, it's not necessarily, like, I don't need that, you know? It's just an option. Um, but I asked God for forgiveness, and I'm like, if that's my heart, that I just want to travel to Latin America, and then forgive me. Um, but no, I don't. I don't tell you, I'm not praying this because I want to go travel all across Latin America. I truly have a heart for Latin American people. So... He answered this, um, and he told me, well, he said, I'm bringing people here that speak Spanish, and no one is telling them que Jesus te ama, that Jesus loves you. He's like, These, there's, I, like they're coming, he told me. They're coming. No one's going to stop them of coming to the United States, coming to Tennessee. They're coming from countries that are turning their back against them, and who is going to come and give them a hug and say, Jesus, damn it, to say Jesus loves you in their language and in their culture. So he started to break my heart for Spanish speakers in the area. I'm like, God, I, I want to say yes. He's like, okay, well, stop giving me these options. And, so, yeah, and 
and start to say yes, because Phoenix has enough Spanish pastors. El Salvador has missionaries, but I want to do something here. And I'm asking, I'm inviting you to be a part of it. Do you say yes? I'm like, yes. I say yes. I want to serve your people. So my prayer shifted in 2021. 2021, I started, my prayer started to be God opened the doors to reach Spanish speakers in the area. I remember sitting back there it, it, on Tuesday nights in the last row, and I would pray, God, open up doors for us to reach Spanish speakers. Open up the doors. Because I, I also, in that time of frustration, I was looking for a Spanish-speaking church because that was my culture, and I wanted to be part of a Hispanic culture. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, I couldn't find one that was, I, was, I felt healthy at and I felt at home at. Um, there's some Hispanic churches in the area, not many, but I, I couldn't find myself at home at these churches. So that made me a little bit more frustrated too. So I started to pray, God, let this be a tierra de gracia, a land of grace for Spanish speakers. So that started to be my prayer. Then my prayer evolved to be God opened the doors for grace on Espanol. Open the doors for grace on Espanol. I believe I told no one, absolutely no one about this prayer. Not even my parents. This is just a me and God thing. No one knew about it. No one. I, I probably, it, I, don't, I don't think I've ever even mentioned it to anyone. It was just a prayer for, of me and God. And I continued to pray that for a few months. Continued to pray. Then in May of 2021, I was up for ordination. I was going to be ordained. And right before that, Pastor Nathan asked me to meet. And he pretty much said that he wanted me to be involved a little more in the church at a higher level. And he kind of asked me, like, hey, where do you see yourself serving? Kind of just questions. Let me just have this conversation with you. And my answer was, Pastor, wherever you need me, I'm there. I, like, whatever you need me, you, you tell me what you need. Um, and then he asked me a very specific question, and he said, is there anything that we um, are not doing that you feel led to do? And this is when I opened up my heart to pastor. My frustration, my, how my heart was starting to break for the Spanish speakers around. I shared with him that I had recently had a, uh, received a job with the Williamson County Juvenile Court uh, as like a semi probation officer, and that I was getting Spanish-speaking kids on my caseload. Um, and some of these kids didn't speak English because they were here recently. They, were, they had just arrived. I met a family that was fleeing from Venezuela because their, the dad was a journalist and the government didn't like what he was publishing. So they fleed from Venezuela here. And the, the child didn't speak full English. She was learning, but not fully. So God opened my heart, and I told Pastor, Pastor, there is a community in Franklin. There is a community in Williamson County and surrounding areas that we can reach. They're Spanish speakers. They might be hiding, I said, but we need to go get them. I said, we need to go get them because we need to bring them in, and they need to hear the love of Jesus. These Spanish speakers, these Latinos are, are hurt. They're, they're in addictions because they, they just swallow their, their hurts and probably alcohol and stuff like that. I'm like, we need to get them, I said. And they need a Spanish pastor. So I shared that with him, and he immediately started to think how this was going to work. He gave me a few, he gave me a few ideas. He's like, we could launch you. You can go in and, and plant your own church here. We could do this. We could, we could do um, this other stuff. And... At the end of all that, he said, or we can plant 
Graceland Espanol. I'm like, yes. I had never told him what my prayer was. I had never said Graceland Espanol. He said it. And that's when I knew that it was God ordained, that God was in that meeting, that God knew that what he was doing. Because he mentioned Graceland Espanol. And he named, he, he gave the name Graceland Espanol. I think that's what I was waiting for. I'm like, yes, that's it. My parents were actually also going to move to the area, and I personally didn't want them to move here. I have since changed my mind. It's been great that they're here. Super thankful for them. Hey, glad they're here. Super happy they're here. But in that moment, I didn't want them to move here. But when I spoke this with Pastor Nathan, I'm like, what better first launch team to have than my family? Like, there's a reason my family's moving here. Like, we're going to plant grace on Espanol. This is what we're going to do. So today, I want to tell you that that prayer that I was praying that took probably like two years to develop and to burn in me, I was praying back there. Today, um, I... It's, it's come, it's answered. Like I told my, my, my team, today is the launch to our launch, you know, as we continue to move forward. And not, not only is it answered today because we, we read scripture in Spanish, played Spanish songs, but my prayer was allow Spanish-only speakers to walk in through those doors. And today, my grandparents are here, and they're Spanish-only speakers and their footprints will be the foundation of what Graceland Espanol is. So if you don't mind, let me share that in Spanish real quick. Mi oración para Graceland Espanol desde allá atrás siempre fue, Señor, abre las puertas para Graceland Espanol y que... Es los que hablan solo español puedan caminar por estas puertas y encontrar a Jesús aquí. Y hoy esa oración ha sido contestada. Hoy no solo porque estamos cantando hoy canciones en español o porque leímos escritura en español, sino porque mis abuelos han caminado por esas puertas y han pisado esta tierra de gracia que será gruesa en español y ellos sus uh, pisadas son la fundación de lo que será gruesa en español. So today. That prayer I, I prayed back there never knew my grandparents would be the first ones to walk into this store. Never imagined it. Cuando yo oré esa oración, nunca imaginé que mis abuelos serían los primeros a entrar por esas puertas para un servicio de grace en español. Never thought. So I'm super excited to share that with you. I hope that you get what, what I'm sharing with you today in my heart and why grace en español. So here's our why real quick. Why Grace en Español? Tennessee is part of the Bible Belt, meaning there are a lot of churches. However, there is a growing number of Latinos coming to the area that are not only unaware of the churches, but lack a place to hear the gospel in Español. And since God has knit Pastor Nathan, since our eyes heart together, we're going to be one church. It's going to be Graceland Church with a Spanish uh, service. It's going to look like a third service for us. So for that reason, our uh, mission and vision 
are the same as Graceland. So let me share that with you in Spanish. Our mission here, like you see here, following Jesus and loving our neighbor for the good of the city. Misión, siguiendo a Jesús y amando a nuestro prójimo por el bien de la ciudad. Our vision. A diverse and enduring church focused on the mission of God building a land of grace. Visión, una iglesia diversa y durable enfocada en la misión de Dios, construyendo una tierra de gracia. That's land of grace, Graceland, tierra de gracia. Here are our values. Compassion, belonging, formation, and renewal. And in Spanish, our valores, compasión, pertenencia, formación, y renovación. So this is one church... Uh, that we, it's going to look like a th third service or Spanish service, but I'm super happy. And if you're here today and you say, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of growing this. Here are some ways that you can partner with us. Um, our first one is prayer. We need uh, prayer partners that help us through our prayer list. We'll be posting that here on our social media. Here at the end, I'll give you the, the app for our social medias. But we, we also need giving. Um, we need financial partners that we, will help us reach our goal of a minimum of $25,000 in cash and $1,500 a month in monthly support for the first three years. We want to start this right. We don't just want to launch it and let it be uh, and, and figure it out as we go. We want to start it right. We want to buy banners that will be in Spanish so uh, the Spanish speakers won't feel that, oh, we're at the English building. No. This is our building, too, because there's Spanish on the walls and everything. So we want to make it, we want to do this right. So this is why I'm asking you for support, and I'm raising funds elsewhere, outside of here as well. And if you're here today and say, man, I want to be part of that team. I want to be part of the launch team. I want to join what Graceland Español is doing. Come talk to me. I would love to have you. It's super important to say that just because you don't speak Spanish doesn't mean that you can't be part of our team. If you have a heart for Latinos, if you have a heart to reach Latin American people, if you have a heart or if you're learning Spanish, what better way to practice your Spanish than being around Spanish speakers. So join our team. I, I want to continue to build our team right now. Like I mentioned, my brother, my parents are here today. They're part of my team. Marco's here as well. He's part of my team. So we want to expand that as well so we can have a great launch team. Um, so I know it's been in the works. We've been talking and mentioning it for a little bit, but this is the vision for Grace on Español, and I'm so thankful that you've allowed me to share what's in my heart. I'm going to pass Pastor Nathan to come back up. We missed, uh, we missed something important. Can you throw up the, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Hannah. Come on. I did, forget, I did forget about this. So if you want to be part of our team, this is a good and uh, uh, um, a great uh, thing that you'll receive if you want to be part of our team. Our, we're excited to announce on April 30th is our first outreach event, and we're going to have a taco night or noche de tacos, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we love fellowship. We love to break bread together. Uh, my dad will be making some of the best tacos you might have ever tasted. So um, th this is for anyone that wants to hear more about where it's going to be more of a fellowship among 
Spanish speakers and people that want to be around Spanish speakers as well. Um, so if you have anybody that wants to come, you're more than invited to come as well as invite anybody that uh, would benefit from hearing the vision of Grace on Español. Um, we're going to have a jumper for kids and everything. It's going to be at my parents' house. So uh, we, we want you to come, and also you'll get some of the best tacos you've tasted in your life. <laughs> I have had those tacos, and I'm a little nervous once you taste them. Grace, somehow Graceland English is going to empty out real quick and all lean towards Graceland Espanol, which I'm okay with. They are amazing. Um, you cannot go just for the tacos. That's kind of a joke, but. We want to let you know, too, that soon, I'm not sure exactly when, but we've been working behind the scenes to get the whole website in Spanish as well. Um, that'll be released. We also want to let you know we're shooting for the fall to launch this service, but it could potentially be first thing in 2023 as well. We're going to see how the team development goes over the summer. In, in this, the launch of this, you, worship team can come on up, guys. Thank you. Um, I work with church planners a lot, and this is a little unique because he's already part of this church and we're planting within our church. Um, so the, you run a greater risk at, by launching too soon uh, than launching too late. So we're going to trust God for the, the timing on that. For the funding, I wanted to uh, mention, we're raising that $25,000 um, in one time, and we're raising that $1,500 a month for three years. And then once that's raised, we have a matching fund, an external partner, for $50,000 that's going to match all that. So it'll get us up to uh, hopefully over 100 if you put that together. We've already got a little over 8000 towards that twenty-five. Um, in hand or committed, and we're, he's raising that elsewhere. I'm also, but we want to make that available to our church family. And I'm not asking you uh, to give. I'm asking you to pray about what God might have you give. If you, if potentially you want to be part of building the foundation of a Grace en Español and uh, reaching these people, it could be that someone feels stirred to put a large fifteen or twenty thousand dollar check in there, and it just gets met like that. What you can do is we're going to actually take an offering here as part of our response. You can also just give online anytime, but you can use these and just make sure you write Espanol on it or Spanish on 100% will go towards that work. Um, there's a drop-down menu for Grace and Espanol on our giving page online. Um, if you have any questions about that, just let me or Pastor Oscar know. And before the ushers come, we're just going to respond together with this song. And as we respond, we're saying, shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus from the streets. Let's make that our prayer uh, for Graceland Espanol, for Graceland Church, and for just committing all of that to the Lord. Oscar, we love you. Uh, we're behind you. We support you. Barajas family, others on the team. Beautiful thing about living uh, with expectancy is that God does things that you never realized he was going to do. And God puts you in a brand new city that you didn't even know was Music City. <laughs> You're going to have to learn that. You're going to have to learn that. God calls us as a church for one of the primary things he's calling us to do in this season is to be a part of launching uh, Graceland Espanol. Um, we're really grateful and uh, we're locking arms together. We're excited uh, for whatever God's going to do in these coming decades. Oscar's going to pray our benediction over us and we're going to be dismissed. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. We love you guys.